0: church announcements here and then some prayer concerns and then we'll turn it over to Micah there. Um, if you're not in a life group uh, to tonight at 530 the gathering room is launching point so you can come learn about life groups um, they will have light refreshments served and you can either register online or show up at 530 night in the gathering room. So if you're not in a life group that's how we found our life group We'll be hosting Room in the Inn here. Hey there, what's up? We need
1: you.
0: Um, Room in the Inn starts in in less than five weeks, and so we will need people to volunteer online under service opportunities in the honor happenings. For people that they need people to spend the night, they need people to cook food, they need the whole nine yards. Um, Are there other announcements for anything that? Good. Okay, so prayer prayer concerns this week. Um, Amanda Vickers uh, lost her grandmother this week on the twentieth. They were supposed to go. The Vickers were supposed to go out of town for quite a while, um, so this was kind of a shock in their plans. Prayers for Amanda and Jeff. Um, Janice Church's sister Kay broke her shoulder in three different places. Three different places, and replacement surgery is scheduled for. Twenty-third, which was, I guess, Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, Morgan Miller is the brother of Melanie Loki, and actually, praise there they had a successful removal of cancer for Morgan. Um, And then the other thing this week is Vicki Tomlinson had a successful neck surgery to um, repair a pinched nerve. So praise for that. And then Emily's got
2: her. Turn in my dissertation yeah.
0: tomorrow. Yeah. Praise. <laughs> if you're praise, if you're ready for that. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm on it. Awesome. Is there any other prayer requests this week? No. Well, I'll say a quick prayer and then turn it over to you. You scared
3: Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> then it's the rest of our prayer.
0: Father God, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, thank you for waking us up and for bringing us here. And God, just for the blessings over our families, um, God, over our lives and just the ways that even when things seem crazy or hectic, God, that you continue to touch us and, and allow us to know that we're loved and blessed by you. And God, we uh, we lift up these people that are hurting this week. Um, you've heard their requests, God, and um, for those that have lost loved ones, God, we also... Lift up those who, um, God, have had a good week and successful surgeries and replacements. And, and God, we thank you for being the comforter and healer there. And we um, just continue to lift up Emily as she's gone through this process with, with her PhD. And just tomorrow's a big day. And God, we just pray for everything to be uh, to go well and that the fruits of her labor will show off tomorrow and, and that she can enjoy that moment. God we just pray for everyone in here today there's lots of prayer requests that we have on our hearts and and God I just pray that you um, listen to those prayer requests God and that you hear our our cries, hear our calls and hear our joys God Um, and this class is is, is such a blessing God I pray that um, through today and and the rest of the week so that we understand not only the uh, the the calling to, to follow you God but to the Requirement that children of you are to follow and not only follow but partner with you each day and every day of our lives. So help us to, to not only see the open doors um, for opportunities, God, but to, to cross through those. Um, we just pray that you be with us this morning and watch over us and keep us safe as we go about our day. Jesus Amen. Amen. Oh, and the sign up list if you haven't signed up.
3: And yeah, if anyone uh, needs, kind of, yeah. <laughs> You're like I've got, I've got the memory, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys uh, so much for being here. Um, we what we want to do. Um, with uh, this class is is kind of put one foot in uh, the story of Scripture and one foot in um, kind of what's happening in in the world around us and how we can engage with the world. So um, Nate wasn't a, isn't able to be with us uh, this Sunday, but what we're going to be, what he's going to be, um, kind of. Uh, taking us through uh, in the next couple of weeks is the idea of how our how our engagement with scripture and with spirituality can unlock our own creative abilities so that we can kind of move into our God-given role of partnering with God. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to um, bring in Uh, Throughout the class various guests who are kind of experts in in certain areas including music and business and sustainability and things like that um, to kind of connect this directly to the the things that are happening in the world and how we engage in the world. What I want to talk about today is um is creation as partnership because we said um at the start of this class that the overall idea of scripture at least as i understand it is that is of a god who seeks to partner with us who's trying to call us into partnership so from the the back to the front of the scriptural story that's what we see and we see this starting in the creation account itself and so um i want to uh kind of take a a weird approach to the creation account and um, maybe to get some perspective on it that we wouldn't normally have because I think it can highlight some of the things that are going on that we might tend to miss. So when we read um, the scriptures, a lot of times we just read it as if it's written right now. Right, And if, it, if as if it just kind of was dropped into our world with no history, with no context, with nothing like that going on. And, um, and so we just read it as a flat account, as if it were written to 21st century Americans um, and we were the first ones reading it. And I think it's helpful for us to step back and, and ask some questions about that. So my first question for us is um, who wrote the Bible, and I know that the answer to that is God. So, so let's reframe the question a little bit. Um, who did God choose to write the Bible through? What are what are your thoughts on that? I feel
2: like this is a trick question. <laughs> it's not. It's not a trick. It's not
3: a trick question. I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, God. <laughs> no, I mean, who were the people who wrote this down? They would have been prophets because they would have had contact with God. Okay. Okay, the prophets. And specifically, um, uh, which people group are we talking about?
2: If there's fear that Moses. Um,
3: okay. Josiah. Josiah. Yeah. It
2: was someone under Josiah because he rebuilt, and they found the scripture. and they
3: compiled. Mhm. Yeah. 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 There, there are lots of different kind of theories about the precise uh, process of, of the scripture being com- written and compiled. Um, I'm um, uh, thinking about this at a at a much uh, kind of dumber level, <laughs> and um, and and so the first thing that I would think is um, ancient Jewish people, right? And so, what when we think about the Jewish people, what do we what are what do we know about them? What do we know about their history or their experience? Like, what's the first kind of like bullet points that that come to mind? Okay. God's chosen. It had
0: kind of a rough, rough road. Mm-hmm. Lots of being bought, sold, traded, beat. Right. That kind of
3: thing. Yeah. It's kind of dumb because they followed it, where was around. Okay. Yeah. The 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 uh, Old Testament doesn't paint a a great picture of them, which is interesting, as as they were the ones who wrote it down, right? Um, yeah. What what else? What else? Kind of.
2: There was a prisoner, a doctor. A yeah. Assistant.
3: You talk about a crazy group of
2: people.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Any other things that ordinary. come to mind? Hmm? They were ordinary. I mean okay. as a class, they were farmers and shepherds. Yeah. Yeah. They wrestled with God. They wrestled with God, yeah, that's a big a big theme. Uh it's what Israel means, right? Um Yeah, okay, so a couple of big, uh, big points for me, shepherds and, and, um, and farmers and things like that, um, they had a pretty rough history. Um, one, of the, one of the biggest things that maybe we don't think about is these people lived thousands of years ago, right? They, they, they lived thousands of years ago and from, from where we are, thousands of miles away right they lived in a desert somewhere right and if you think about ancient people living in a desert um, that's not a very glamorous lifestyle right you know the people who live in the desert now are not living like a really incredibly glamorous lifestyle Um, but um, you know what we see even in the book of Hebrews it talks about people who like lived in caves and you know all this kind of stuff. This is the, the people who wrote the scriptures. And um, the big stories that we know about them, like what's the what's the top story, the most popular well-known story of all time about the Jewish people? The Exodus. The Exodus, right? So the the story of them escaping from slavery in Egypt. So the very first thing that anybody, like, knows about the Jewish people is that they were under the thumb of the largest power in the world. And they were at the bottom of the, the barrel, right? Like, they were the kind of ultimate um, group that was stepped on. And, um, and so we, we have, uh, we we know this about the the Jewish people. Um, the first thing is that they were they were slaves, right? Later on in the, the story, we'll see as they you know kind of wander through the wilderness. We'll see a lot of uh, encounters there, and then we see them um, going into captivity over and over and over, somebody else who's more powerful comes in and like squashes them, right, or wipes them out or takes them off away from their land and they're exiles or slaves or captives or something like that. That is the world they lived in. That was their experience they had over generations and generations and generations. And um, so they were at the bottom of an uh, existence that was very harsh to begin with, right? This, they, they were a people group who lived in the desert thousands of years ago, um, and at this time in history, wh- where we start to encounter the Old Testament, the uh, average, the life expectancy was around 26, okay? These, you know, as, as some people put it, nasty, brutish, and short, this was the way life was. So if you lived in this world, What would you think of when you tried to describe it? What would you think of when you tried to describe what the world was like, what humanity was like, what it meant to be human, and what your potential and your capabilities were? Not good. (laughs) Not good, yeah. (laughs) Pretty pretty bleak, right? Like this would be a pretty grim existence. Um, and I I don't know, but if I were if I were looking around at that world, I wouldn't think, you know what? I bet we as a as a species are capable of making airplanes that can carry us from one continent to another. Like I don't think that would be what was at the top of our mind, right? We would probably think. The desert is where it's at, like this is where it's gonna be from here to eternity. And not only is this where it's gonna be, but um, we're always going to be under the foot of somebody who's more powerful, right? It's always gonna be a violent, violent world we live in. We're always gonna be slaves, or on the verge of being slaves, or at best, maybe we can claw our way up and become uh, you know, conquerors of somebody else and hold on to that for a little while. That's the limit of how you understand humanity. And um, so one of the things that we know is that um, cultures at this time would write stories that would explain how they saw the world. And back in 1849 we uh, discovered one of these stories Um, interestingly by a group of people who shared the same world as the Jewish people who wrote the Bible. And um, so we found uh, the Babylonian creation story. If you know the Old Testament, these are one of the the Jews arch enemies, right? These are the people who carried them off into captivity. Um, And so people started digging this up and and started reading it and started comparing it to the scriptures. And it's been interesting to see those comparisons and contrast. And sometimes you'll pe- see people um, try, to, tri- try to say like, oh, these are you know, more or less like the same accounts or something like that. Um, that's kind of like saying Twilight and Dracula are the same story. Like they touch on the same subjects, but they're not really in, playing with the same, same pieces there. Um, but these people had this same experience except that uh, for a while they got to be on the top right and so i i think um with that in mind uh i want to play uh, a little clip of the story that they wrote and uh and then i want to kind of reflect on that so let me see i think this is going to have
4: Or sky, or the sun and moon, there was Apsu, the sweet water sea, and Tiamat, the salt water sea. When these two seas mingled, they created the gods Lahu and Lahamu, who rose from the silt at the edge of the water. When Lahamu and Lahamu joined, they created the great gods Anshar, Kishar, and Anu. From this generation of gods, there arose mighty Ea and his many brothers. Ea and his brothers were restless. They served over the waters day and night. Neither Apsu nor Tiamat could get any rest. They tried to plead with the gods to tread softly, but powerful Ea didn't hear them. Apsu decided the only way to have some peace was to destroy Ea and his brothers. He began to plot their demise with some of the first-generation gods, but Ea heard of their plans and struck him down first. This began a war among the gods. Mm -hmm. Tiamat was furious that her mate was killed, and she began producing great and ferocious monsters to slay Ea and his brothers. She created poisonous dragons and demons and serpents. She created the viper sphinx, the lion, the mad dog, and scorpion man. The chief of them all was called Kingu. He led the army of Tiamat's monsters into heaven against Ea and his brothers to avenge Absu's death. While Tiamat fashioned her army, Ea and the goddess Dalkina created the great god Marda. His eyes flashed with lightning, and when he spoke, he breathed fire. He was fearless. Great. The gods cowered before him. You are the great sun, they cried. Eeyah and the gods told him of the advancing army. They needed his help to defeat them. I will fight for you, but after the war is over, I shall rule the universe on high. The gods agreed. Marduk made ready for battle. He gathered the four winds to clear the path to Tiamat. When Marduk burst out of the sky, in his flaming chariot, pulled by his team, killer, crusher, unyielder, and fleet. He held the royal scepter and ring covered in golden armor. He rode into battle, bearing his bow and arrows and a mighty thunderbolt. Marda was glorious to behold. He struck fear in the hearts of all Diamond's rulers. The sea waters of Tiamat scrolled the hill and formed a vast and fearsome dragon. She opened her mouth wide to sweep. Before she could utter a word, Marta cast a hurricane into her mouth. She swallowed it, and the hurricane almost burst her apart from the inside. Before she could cast a single spell, Marta let one of his arrows fly and cut her. The year half, Tiamat's monsters trembled as she died. Marduk raised half of her body to the heavens to form the sky, and the other half formed the earth. Marduk was victorious, and now the undisputed king of the universe. No one ever questioned his rule. He created the days of the year, the planets and their paths in the heavens, the stars and their constellations, and the moon and her moons. He became the sun and gave all the gods their responsibilities. After a time, he decided to create a creature that could serve the gods and bear the burden of hard work looking after the earth. Marta first created a structure from bone left over from the bones of the dead monsters from the war. Then he formed the flesh around it and breathed life into it. Ascended to heaven. Thus the gods were freed from eternal labor.
3: Yeah, so what's um I, there were there are a lot of different kind of uh, elements to follow there. Um, but what's what stands out to you from from that story? If, go ahead. Uh, I <laughs> So if, if it was hard to follow all that, because there were a lot of different characters, um, basically, uh, the gods, there's a bunch of gods, and somehow some of them are too noisy. And so the other ones get angry, and they start a war. And eventually, one of the gods like is like, I'll, I'll win this war if you guys all worship me and follow me. And they say, okay. And so he goes, and he kills the mama god, splits her body open, and creates the world out of this. And then the the rest of the gods are still a little bit not happy and so he's like, I know there's a lot of work to do, we'll find somebody else to do this. And so he gathers up some garbage and refuse from the the battle and puts it together and is like, okay, here's some humans, now they'll be our slaves and we'll get to take it easy, right? And I actually think this, that little video kind of downplayed some of the uh, violence and ferocity of that whole account, really. Like it kind of cleaned, cleaned up the language a little bit. So, um, so that's, the, that's the Babylonian story. What, what strikes you in that? What are the significant elements of that? Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different than than dust, I would say. It's dust is pretty low on the totem pole. Dust is low on the totem pole. Um, but dust is not necessarily the product of of violence, right? Or death. Right? At least. But but they're very similar, right? They're both well, both down low. That
2: must be enough. Gather, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, so they, they gathered up bo- bones from the, the dead monsters and formed, formed it into, into humans. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's some elements there that that, that video didn't play up on. Um, yeah, so, okay, so what else? Yeah. The gods left. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. In fact, they were waiting for humans to come on the scene before they could leave, right? That's interesting. It's
0: like kind of people exist to do the jump Mm. that nobody else wants, the gods didn't want to do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: purpose. Different. I mean, it was majestic
3: God, mm-hmm. the one God, true God, mm-hmm. and it was slaves as the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that whole thing of like the gods leaving and once they've got slaves, right, is like they're not doing the same work. The whole point of this is so that they have different jobs. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um what yeah, what about what about the gods themselves? What's their what's their relationship like in this story? It
0: was like a um, very weird version of Terry Springer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What um, what strikes me is that the gods are fighting for who's the top, right? And so, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's and yeah. But it, it's like Jerry Springer. You're like, is that is that really the reason to start start a whole war about you? Right. So um, yeah. There's. There's all kinds of weird elements to this, but um, one, one phrase that struck me that, um, uh, I can't remember exactly how they said it in the video, in the, uh, but I think it says, um, the, the noisy gods surged over the waters day and night. Which if you think about the Genesis one thing about something being over the waters, I think that's that's an interesting and we'll come to that in a minute um so yeah so the story begins in violence um creation itself is provoked by a war between the gods right it's it's an afterthought like these things are not happening because somebody was like yeah it would be great to create a world it's like uh, we've got a dead body what are we going to do with that right and (laughs) somehow that led to uh to doing that. Also, the animals seem to be created as part of an arms race between the gods, right? We need, we need these monsters to, to attack. Um, one thing that stands out to me is that this is very interested in these relationships between the gods and very not interested in what's happening in the world, right? It's an afterthought because because what's more important is which God was fighting which God, right? Um, and, um, and yeah, and basically the, the whole story uh, begins and, um, and ends in oppression. Um, so what do you think this tells us about the way that the Babylonians saw the world? What, what kind of world did they think they lived in?
0: Serve me, and I'm
3: God, and that, that right. mentality of you know. yeah, yeah. They it they saw yeah, like you said, like we've got a king on top who probably fought his way to get there by making some kind of weird deal with other people, right? And then being able to overpower and kill um, kill their enemies and sculpt their civilization, presumably, out of the dead bodies of their their enemies. That would be, you know, if you think about, if this is what you think the gods do, this is probably what you think you would do, right? And um, if you think that humans were created as the slaves of the gods so that the gods could take it easy, then what's your job? Or what's the obvious move for you to take at that point?
2: Human life has
3: no value. Right, human life has no value fundamentally, right? Like from the beginning, yeah.
2: And climb, climb your way to the top, fight your way to the
3: top. Yeah, you should go out and find some slaves for you, right? That's, that's how you should run the world. Um, uh, from the way the, the, the Jewish accounts give it, that's the way they did run the world, right? This is the way... Um, But, what is important to me is that that they assumed that the way they were living was not just the way things were right now, they assumed this is how it was made to be. From the very beginning, from the people who created this place, this is what this is for, this is what we do, this is how everything in the world lives and um so i i kind of see uh, three big themes um everything starts in conflict everything is violence and the end result of that is slavery we're gonna we're gonna have slaves we are slaves everybody in this world is a slave of somebody who's higher up the chain right um and yeah it <laughs> Uh, these are some of the, the, the scripture, <laughs> scriptures that we went over. I, I just think the language is so um, so amazingly terrible. Um, you know, he, he, when he cut open um, the goddess uh, Tiamat, he split her up like a flatfish. This is like grotesque language. This is their creation account. Um, and then here's the account of them, of creating humans. I will take blood and fashion bone. I will establish a savage. Man shall be his name. Truly savage man I will create. He shall be charged with the service of the gods that they might be at ease. All right, this is, <laughs> that is the, the Babylonian creation story. All right, so <clears throat> the Jewish creation story. Um, I want to, to uh, contrast um, that and um, I know that uh, we've all heard the biblical story, um, but uh, we'll play it in um, in the message, and maybe that'll give us a little bit of a uh, kind of different window onto some of that.
1: First, this. God created the heavens and earth. All you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God spoke, light. Light appeared. God saw that light was good, and separated light from dark. God named the light the day. God spoke, sky, in the middle of the waters, separate water from water. God made the sky. He separated the water under sky from the water above sky. And there it was. He named sky the heavens. It was evening, it was morning, day two. God spoke, separate water beneath heaven, gather into one place, land, appear. of all sorts, God saw that it was good, it was evening, it was morning, day three, God spoke, lights, come out, shine in heaven's sky, separate day from night, mark seasons and days and years, lights in heaven's sky to give light to earth, and there it was, God made two big lights, the larger to take charge of day, the smaller to be in charge of night, and he made the stars. God placed them in the heavenly sky to light up earth and oversee day and night, to separate light and dark. God saw that it was good, it was evening, it was morning, day four. God spoke, swarm ocean with fish and all sea life, birds fly through the sky over earth. God created the huge whales, all the swarm of life in the waters and every kind and species of flying birds. God saw that it was good. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill ocean. Birds, reproduce on earth. It was evening, it was morning. Day five, God spoke. Earth, generate life, every sort and kind. Cattle and reptiles and wild animals, all kinds. And there it was, wild animals of every kind. Cattle of all kinds. Every sort of reptile and bug, God saw that it was good. God spoke, Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings, He created them Godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God bless them, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of earth. Then God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth, and every kind of fruit-bearing tree, given them to you for food, to all animals and all birds, everything that moves and breathes. I get whatever grows out of the ground for food. And it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good. So very good. It was evening. It was morning. Day six. Heaven and earth were finished, down to the last detail. By the seventh day, God had finished his work. the seventh day, he made it a holy day, because on that day, he rested from his work, all the creating God had done. This is the story of how it all started, of heaven and earth, when they were created.
3: So what stands out to you about that account? One thing is that the Jews had better music, so that's a little yeah. bit unfair to the, <laughs> the Babylonians. But uh, what, what strikes you about, about this story? The word good has hear it once in a
2: story.
3: Yeah. yeah. It, it uh, says it seven times, I think. Um, and the, the last time it says, once it's, everything's done, it says very good, right? It's very emphatic in that account.
2: a lot of effort put into creating the earth. Mm, a lot yeah. more
3: attention put into it. I mean, yes. Yeah. It's very, God seems very interested in the earth rather than disengaged, right? It's not a afterthought uh, that's happening on the sidelines of the story. Like, it's right at the center of the story. Mm-hmm. People were Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, this is um yeah, the when it, when it talks about the creation of humanity um, it give it says it doesn't say humans are made out of refuse and and blood and carcasses. It says uh in this verse here particularly it just says Humans are made in God's image, to be like God, right? It's a very different thing, right? These are, now we're connecting these two rather than separating them. And then, rather than humans being made as slaves, humans are made to rule, okay? Um, what, what uh, What else strikes you about that? Oh yeah. the story is more out of hope, than mm. violence. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of hope in that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a very optimistic um, story because all these things are good and and are presumed to be in in a good relationship with each other. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A couple things. Also, not only does God say very good, He says He blessed it, right? Um, And a few other things. God also takes the time to name the things He's creating. Names He names day and night and earth and ocean and and uh, heavens. and one thing that stands out to me is, is that it's participatory. So God says, let the earth bring forth plants. Like he's inviting every, all these acts of creation, he's inviting the creation to play a role. It's not just, here you go. It's like he's, he's asking for all of creation to kind of bring forth its own creative ability.
2: You mentioned relationship and that's part of it too. Is that mm-hmm. plants were first. Well, I mean, they had to have water. Yeah. The animals had to have plants, and the people had to have animals and plants. You know, there's a relationship among everything, and kind of, that's a purpose. Mm-hmm. Plants have a purpose. Wow, this is great. Aren't they wonderful? Yeah, the fish aren't they great? This is magnificent. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's because they all had a purpose together.
3: Yeah, yeah, so true. And um, whereas the uh, the Babylonian account it said the gods were, were uh, struggling over the waters, and that 's why there was so much noise. The Jewish account says that God was hovering over the water, essentially waiting for it to bring forth life. Right? He 's caring for it from the very first moment. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's so, so profoundly um, different. In so many ways one thing is also like the the thing is not that that um, it's not ter- the story is not terribly interested in what was going on in heaven before this right this is the story of God's engagement with the world and it's a positive engagement with the world um, and I think that's really core um, so I know we're we're out of time um, there's there are several different things that I want to pull out of this and talk about what it means in terms of God's creation of humanity right here. Um, and I, I think also the creation account connects in a really interesting way with, um, with the New Testament in, in, in a way that I think uh, we miss a lot of times. So, um, uh, But I think these things provoke a question in us, which is, uh, no matter who you are, if you're reading this and you're comparing these two pieces of historic literature, you would say, what was happening in this world that was not happening in this world? What was happening in the Jewish world that was not happening in the Babylonian world? Because they both lived in the same place. They both lived in the ancient desert thousands of years ago. They both struggled to bring things out of the ground and to wrestle with the people in their environment who wanted to smash them why did they see things so differently
0: And to kind of bring it all yep. back together you know, Moses who we think wrote the creation story for the, the Jews he was writing that story as they were being led out of Egypt he, they had heard the story of the Babylonian creation. They had been slaves. They were searching for an identity. And so Moses gave them this story and said, basically, you know, you've, you've heard this, but this is actually where we're going. And so um, I think that's what we're going to talk about more yeah. this week.
3: Yeah. Thank you, guys, uh, so much. Um, I, it, w- there's so much more here, and uh, sorry that we <laughs> are running running into time, but um, but yeah, love to dig into it more with you guys. In. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for your comments. I six more weeks. Oh, Lord. Go ahead. get too Yeah, I think, how Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, no, that's
3: cool. Thank you. Yeah, man. Good to see you.